Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. I am in the outside. So if you hear noises, neighbors, whining puppy, etc., um, it's not raining for the first time in like five or six days. Like for the whole day, it's going to be sunny. So I'm outside and you can't really get me to go inside except to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> hello from sunny Pennsylvania. Just a couple of things before we dive into this episode of M School, which I hope you're enjoying. Uh, space starts June 11th, and Space is all about 21 days of emails to help you break up with your phone. And it's not like break up with your phone, like throw it in a toilet and never use it again. It's more like have really clear boundaries around it so that it doesn't suck up all of your time and energy, so that when you're giving time to your phone, you're doing it consciously, and you're doing it... Um, with intention so that you're not just sort of frittering away time and especially mental space on things that aren't necessarily benefiting you. So if you would like to have a better relationship with your phone and with screens in general, it's kristenkelp.com slash space. We start June 11th. It's 21 days of emails. They're really small, really simple steps that you can take on a daily basis. So it's not like big, huge, like take three hours out of your day and do this thing. It's much smaller than that. Um, it's challenging, but it's not huge amounts of time. If that makes sense, you're eliminating things instead of adding things. Okay. So again, kristenkelp.com slash space. You want to sign up. It's really fucking rad Two, steer your ship. My six month program for coaching and all of that goodness is available at kristenkelp.com slash S Y S Q UPS truck, kristenkelp.com slash S Y S. And that's when we work together. We're first going to meet in Las Vegas six months. I'm sorry. That's not true at all. We're first going to meet together in Santa Fe. Six months later, we'll be in LA 
And in the interim, you'll talk with me. There'll be group coaching, uh, one-on-one calls, all sorts of emails, all sorts of goodness like that. And in general, it's kind of like whole life transformation. And I know that things like your brand of coffee now claim whole life transformation. So that sounds really conflated and silly and possibly like marketing speak. Um, but I encourage you to download the brochure, take a look at the testimonials and, uh, and really decide if it's right for you. So um, a couple of those spots are gone and some of them remain. So you want to go there and check it out. KristenKelp.com slash SYS. Finally, in this class of M school, embrace the mystery. At some point, I talk about a poem that I wrote upon meeting quote unquote my partner. And that was a couple of years ago and I wasn't yet divorced and I was not yet willing to identify bear as bear. So it's about bear. We're still together. It's three and a half years. And I just wanted to read the poem that I wrote so that you would know, because it feels important now to just let you know, this is the poem I wrote um, within 24 hours of meeting bear. You feel like home like the perfect pie crust, smoothed, served warm, and oozing sweet. Handfuls of hydrangeas left on the nightstand before dawn, softly rushing waves breaking over freckled shores, a harbor bell clanging in the distance, those blackberries ripe on the vine. And Neville has decided to join the conversation because he is awesome like that. And the UPS truck has started, so I'm going to keep this very brief. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this. I am on the Instagram at KKALP if you want to tag me. And I'm also at K at KristenKelp.com if you want to shoot me a note, ask a question, or otherwise communicate. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. You wait till my father hears about this. This is servant stuff. If I didn't know better, Draco, I'd say you were scared. Scared, Potter. Do you hear that? Hello and welcome to M School Class 4 Embrace the Mystery. At a couple of points, I'm going to ask you to pause this, grab a notebook and a pen or a piece of paper, a crayon, whatever it is, and scribble. So you want to get those materials ready uh, if you're not regularly taking notes. Otherwise, if you close up all the other stuff you have and just pay attention to this, I can actually get through to you and we can connect and uh, do some magic together. So this is officially Class 4 Embrace the Mystery. We humans hate mystery, unless it's in a movie we're watching or a book we're reading. In real life, especially in our own lives, we want to be 100% clear, certain, and precise all the time. That means we never wander in the forbidden forest, exploring the many creatures and wonders that live there full-time. We stick to the manicured grounds of our own psyches, fearing the weird, crazy, amazing, terrible, horrifying things that live just beyond the darkness of those first few trees. Today, let's face three inhabitants of the Forbidden Forest in a row, uncertainty, doubt, and wonder. First up, uncertainty. Often, you are not uncertain. You know what you really want. You don't know about your second tier or third tier wants, like what you're going to wear tomorrow, which is when life gets confusing. You know you don't want to keep your partner, but you don't have anyone else in mind, so you stay. You know you hate your job, but you don't have another one lined up, so you stay. You don't know what you want to do next in your business, so you keep doing what you've been doing and hope your negative feelings about it will change. You know that you want to leave, to move, to shift, to take that step. 
uncertainty comes in and says, are you sure you want to do that? It thrives when you pretend you don't hear that inner voice or that you aren't strong enough to take that step. I knew I needed to leave my marriage years before I actually did because I was so afraid of what would happen after I said I wanted to be by myself. Would I be alone for the rest of my life? Would everyone make fun of me for having a failed marriage? What would my mom say? Would I be able to pay the rent and all the bills? The questions went on and on and on, and I took lots of time, years, pretending I didn't know the next step in my marriage, but I did. I knew it was time to leave. Eventually, I listened. Then, I pretty much sat on the couch for six months, which brings us to silence and stillness. The next step, the one you long to know that comes after your current state and the shift you know has to happen, will only reveal itself in the silence and stillness between ditching the current thing and the moment the next thing arrives. Without the silence and stillness, the time to deeply reconnect with yourself and your life, you can't expect any big revelations to make themselves known. When your body and intuition and magic are clearly telling you they want you to stop doing something, or leave something, or get out of something, or stop giving attention to something or someone, that's the next step. You rarely get two steps delivered to you. It's only one. So we need to find your one. I know that is infinitely frustrating because we all want the next six to nine steps laid out for us, and you get one. If you get two, you are supremely lucky, but most people only get one at a time. So what do you need to quit, leave, stop, finish, or end? The first answer is the right one. You can immediately feel guilt, shame, or fear at the first answer, which means you'll come up with a second answer very quickly. But the first one is always, always, I've been doing this for a lot of years now, the right one. Listen to yourself and to your magic. What do you need to quit, leave, stop, finish, or end? If you're afraid you're going to forget, you can write that down. But my guess is that you're not going to forget. <laughs> The next creature in the Forbidden Forest is doubt. We hope clarity will hit us like a ton of bricks or run us over like a freight train, but clarity is much more likely to show up gently. It's going to feel like the wind in your hair. It's the way Luna Lovegood seems really crazy until we learn Nargles do exist and she saves Harry on the train. Luna doesn't doubt her intuition, which is no doubt as soft-spoken as she is. The morning after I met... Uh, my current partner, I wrote a poem to remind myself of how he felt like home and how surprising that feeling was after years of being trapped in a relationship. It wasn't a big, oh dear God, marry him right now moment. It was this gentle, sim simple poem I wrote to remind myself of the earliest part of our coming together. I could have ignored the voice that wanted to write and the world would have continued. No big deal but I would have quieted the gentlest, deepest knowing I've ever received. Because the voice of intuition is often so quiet, it's easy to doubt it. Did I see that? Did I hear that? Did I feel that? Or am I just making it up? Do I really want to do that? Or am I just telling myself I do? The more you doubt your intuition, or ignore it, or twist it, or put it off, the more lost in the forbidden forest you become. And then you fear it, and run back out to certainty, and you stay exactly where you are, because that is easier than taking another step. 
Doubt stops you from showing yourself to the world. It helps keep your most interesting and vital bits shuttered behind niceties and professional language and boring, predictable, forgettable work. You think it will make your business more income, but at what cost? Once I was speaking, and uh, I'm speaking right now, I was speaking at a conference, and I wanted to prove a point. So I asked for 10 volunteers, and I had them come to the front, and then I asked them to share the most embarrassing thing they could think of that they guessed no one else in the room, and there were hundreds of people, would possibly have in common with them. So people came up, and to be honest, I don't even remember what people shared. Things like they pick their nose when no one is looking, that kind of a thing. That you're like, I'm for sure the only one here. Or that you secretly hate um, TV shows and you haven't watched TV since you were four. Like, just really specific things. And ever inevitably, no matter what was said, there was a person whose hand would shoot up and I would say, who else has this going on? There was one person, three people, 12 people, 14 people, the whole room raised their hand. And then there was this guy. He gets up and he says, my wife and I talk to each other in meows. And I said, can you be more specific? And he said, sure. Well, if we have a conversation, it would be like, meow. And then she would be like, meow. And it would be like, meow. And then we kind of paw at each other like cats a little bit. And that was the moment that I was sure my experiment was a terrible, terrible idea. But when I asked for who else it was, there was one like half hand and then the guy went to sit down beside that person. And it turns out, yes, there there was another meow person present at that event. <laughs> so we want your meows. Those are the things, the things that you think there is no possible way on the face of the planet that this could be something other people share. Number one, I guarantee it is. And number two, it's what makes you magnificently wonderful and interesting. There wasn't anybody that left the room like, God, that was weird. It was a weird guy. We left like, oh my God, that's the, great, that's the greatest thing ever. I don't want to talk in meows, but that's pretty awesome that they do. And luckily his wife wasn't there, so he didn't get in trouble for that. Your meows, your weird, quirky bits that you think are not worth being seen are in fact the key to drawing your people towards you. Now, I'm going to use your people and your ideal clients interchangeably because these people aren't fucking avatars. They aren't worksheets. They are human beings and they are just like you, but with one difference. Maybe that difference is that you're a photographer and they need photos or they're not good at telling people what they do or they don't yet know about that you think that thing that you've made that's going to help them, but they are not wildly different humans from another planet. You can study them like they're data points, which muggle programs will have you do, or you can acknowledge that they're actually quite similar to you. That if you wouldn't click on that or open that or buy that or use that, they probably won't either. My favorite clients over the years have a really, really similar sense of humor uh, with me, and that's because that's something I value. That's like a 10 out of 10 on the value scale of, of importance to me. They're typically readers and nerds, i.e. everyone here by virtue of being in M school. Um, they almost always suck at sharing their gifts, which is why part of why I give marketing advice is because it's really easy for me to help people articulate what it is that they do, why it matters, and how they can get it into the world. 
And always, always, because we're human, um, they're very deep down afraid of being seen. But when they're seen, when we're seen, this is not a, not me, it's all of us. When we're seen, wonders happen. Businesses expand and change and take on new dimensions that weren't possible just a few months before. Being seen is the shit and there are simple ways to do it. But I need you to see where the doubt is going to come in and it's going to say that being seen is a bad idea. Or we, we don't have to, I mean, we can share our meows like we like sprinkle cupcakes. That's a meow, right? That's totally something really unique about us. So watch where doubt and uncertainty come in as I read these next things. Because you're going to have ideas and then you're going to scale them back by at least 70% within the first three seconds of having the idea. To let out your meows. First, assess your weird. If the person I would meet in person, just the two of us at seven o'clock on a Tuesday, isn't exactly the same as the person you are online, then you've got room to add your weird or your, your meows, whatever you want to call them, into the mix. Weird means quirky, unique, interesting, and you. Weird does not mean unprofessional. Let's separate your quirks from your professionalism. Your ability to treat people kindly, to respond to communication in a timely fashion, to ship products, deliver services, and to do what you say you're going to do across the board are in no way tied to your meows. My inability to wear socks until it's absolutely necessary at some frigid point in October in no way impacts my ability to be on time for our scheduled coaching calls or to upload programs at the appropriate time. My love of Harry Potter as evidenced here, doesn't prevent me from being fully present and capable of supporting my clients when they need me. My love of the word fuck buckets doesn't keep me from delivering sound, cash-making, heart-centered business advice for my peeps. If anything, it frees them up to be more of themselves. My last few dominatrixing clients have doubled their businesses when they stop trying to fit in and let their weird bits hang out. Weird is just another word for vulnerable. It's not easy to show people your quirks. Your brain's job is to convince you that everyone wants to see only your pretty, pretty perfect life. What if people judge your house, your hair, your pets, your kids, your business, your life? What if they think your ninja moves are strange, or your book collection is stupid, or your devotion to black coffee is pretentious? Your brain wants you to play it safe, and the creatures in the forbidden forest wants you to hedge your bets by showing people varying degrees of perfection porn. Your meticulously organized closets, your freshly arranged flowers, your darling workspace. These are much easier to show off than your windblown hair, your chipped old mug, and your six-day-old bouquet that is starting to smell funny, but that you still love because your kids picked those flowers out for you. Only your peeps, the ones who will adore you and keep you in business for years to come, whether you know them or not or have them or not, they can't love you in this moment if you don't show them who you are. They can only love what they're shown. If what you're showing people isn't all the way deep down true, you'll end up resenting your clients, hating your business, and resenting the shit out of everyone who lines up to give you money. Fun, right? You don't show people the real you. Then they like or enjoy the not real you. Then you assume that no one could possibly like the real you because no one currently does because you're not showing to them. Do you see the madness of this cycle? Further, weirdness and your meows and vulnerability are what we want from everyone else, but we're the least willing to give to others first. It's like when a new couple is in love and they're having one of those hanging up the phone fights, like, you hang up, no, you hang up, no, you. 
Except it's, you be vulnerable first. No, you, no, you. Only no one goes first, and then we default to pretending we're, quote, fine, unquote, and exchanging social pleasantries. It's really, really terrible. Brene Brown, the sage of our age, says that vulnerability is our most accurate measurement of courage. As you let out your meows, as you overcome the doubt that is inevitably going to bubble up as you do this, be courageous in small doses. You don't have to go from referring to yourself exclusively in the third person and keeping all your clients at arm's length to suddenly telling us about every sexual encounter you've ever had or every dream you nourish in secret or cataloging your grossest habits and calling out each one body part by body part. Vulnerability is a practice. You can open a little every day. There's no need to treat it as an all-or-nothing deal. You could start with a list of quirky yet harmless facts. You all know that I struggle with depression, and that's something I've talked about. That is not what I'm talking about sharing here. We're talking quirky and harmless. For example, I can't wear high heels unless I'm the maid of honor in your wedding. Even then, I'm going to have had my dress tailored to go barefoot at the reception. My aspirational self is Martha motherfucking Perfection Stewart, and my actual self uses Mod Podge and glitter for every craft project I undertake. I cannot look in the general direction of Kinfolk Magazine. I want to walk into every scene and yell bored, and then throw glitter everywhere and ruffle everything up and call perfection porn out wherever I see it. My belly doesn't like dairy, but ice cream is still my favorite, favorite food, and I understand this is stupid, and yet, chocolate marshmallow! So when you're willing to show people the real you, they can actually fucking love the real you. And then you can make some friends that you actually adore who happen to sometimes give you money. Some people call them clients. This is, I assure you, a far better fate than trying to main, quote, remain, quote, professional, unquote, while resenting the shit out of your clients, eroding the love of your work and pretending to be someone else for the rest of your days. Let your weird out. Let your meows out. Regale us with strange habits. Refuse to hide behind small moments of perfection. We cannot wait to love you just as you are. But this is important. You can take on weird at your own pace. You don't have to show us your deepest wounds or unhealed bits. You don't have to talk about anything you're going through until you're past the horrible gaping wound phase. In other words, please don't try teaching us lessons about grief three days after your fiancé dies. Please don't talk about anxiety when you're experiencing a string of unexplained attacks that you and your doctor haven't quite figured out yet. Don't teach us about bankruptcy while you're still crying on the floor every night and you're a hundred grand in the hole. Give yourself a little room to heal. The point of letting out your weird and letting out your meows is to be a touch more revealing than you find comfortable without triggering all your peeps collective, oh God, I must help somehow feels. Triggering your reader's motherly or fatherly instincts helps no one and it's only going to do damage to everyone involved. Permission to take your time? Granted. Permission to show us your weird and let out your meows? Given. Permission to be exactly who you are, swears and ninja kicks and all, you got it. This is a pause point right after I tell you what to do. (laughs) Scribble 10 things you know about yourself that you suspect might also be true of your ideal clients. Even the term ideal client makes me cringe a little bit. Just the people that you love the most that are with your business. 
This is the opposite of every other ideal client exercise ever, which tends to start with income level, age, and gender, and then ignore deeper traits entirely. If you're like, I don't have any idea what these things could be, I'm going to give you some. What do you struggle with? What are you embarrassed by? What do you secretly wish people would ask you to talk about? What do you wish you could give up, quit, or ignore, but you can't? What do you value more than you would like to admit? Which habits tend to creep up on you and sabotage your life? These are all keys to connecting with your ideal client. Write them down. We'll come back to them later. I'm going to read those questions one more time, and then I need you to hit pause. What do you struggle with? What are you embarrassed by? What do you secretly wish people would ask you to talk about? What do you wish you could give up, quit, or ignore, but you can't? What do you value more than you'd like to admit? Which habits tend to creep up on you and sabotage your life? Those are the keys to connecting with your ideal client. And I am going to pause it right there, and you are going to pause as well. Okay, no, really pause. Really, really. Go and do that. Ten things. It doesn't take that long. You can totally do it. It's awesome. And you're back. And it's our final creature, Wonder, which is so much more fun. On the other side of doubt and uncertainty, you'll find Wonder. You don't think it will work out, but some part of you is jumping up and down about this new thing or this next step. What if it does work out? What if the whole world isn't lined up against you? What if you decided to show more of yourself to your fellow humans and they responded by showing more of themselves to you? In other words, if it could go perfectly, how would it go? This is my very favorite all-time best question for figuring out what you really want. I don't mean it would go perfectly like, well, I would win the lottery tomorrow and I would wake up 10 pounds lighter and all my wrinkles would be gone and all my projects would have finished themselves overnight and my bills would instantly be paid by secret fairy messenger. I don't mean that. I mean, what is the best case scenario you're willing to fight for? Remember, the first answer is the right one, even though you don't want it to be. What's the best case scenario you're willing to fight for? Harry got to kill Voldemort even though it killed him. Your best case scenario doesn't have to be so dramatic. It might be more income, more travel, more calm, more time to yourself. It might be as simple as not working constantly to make ends meet. Give the best case scenario some shape. And again, we're gonna pause. Pause this and take 10 minutes. At a minimum, you have 10 minutes, I promise. Take 10 minutes to write your best case scenario down all the way. Pretend your asshole brain doesn't exist. It's just not important. It's going to weigh in and you ignore it and write and write and write or don't write and just sit with it. But give your best, deepest, wisest, and most wondrous self 10 minutes right now to answer, if it could go perfectly, how would it go? No, really, take 10 minutes. Pause right here. This is the sound of my computer clicking to pause myself. I'm pausing. Okay, so... You're back and you have a sense of, okay, if it could go perfectly, how would it go? And then we're going to talk a little bit more. You probably said something about money in there. And this is just a word of warning as we move into more serious money-making territory in M school. The Forbidden Forest pulses with many, many financially viable trees. They're like, whoop, 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 whoop. They're ideas that will no doubt make you a steady income, help you achieve, and I quote, 
financial freedom, and otherwise, and I quote, revolutionize your life. Be careful. Your magic often dies in the midst of the financially viable trees. Let me explain. I recently watched a muggle YouTube video that explained how to make millions before you have your business idea. Let's tune in. First, figure out how much money you want to make. It's very simple. You just pick a number. Then find a profitable niche. No problem. Then research that niche and make a product to serve it. In other words, spend months and months and months of your life concerned with money, pouring all your energy into something you don't really care about for the sake of earning the magical dollar amount. You are not in this class for mobile training. You are here to go deeply into your own psyche, i.e. the forbidden forest, to listen to your own desires and fears and long forgotten voices, and then figure out what to do next based on what you find. The most wonderful experiences of my professional life have come when I had ideas, planned them out, and then ran the numbers to be sure I wouldn't go completely broke. Ideas and enthusiasm and energy and details first, money second. When I'm happiest, most fulfilled slash magical slash letting out my meows, all those things, the money is still a consideration, but it is the final tick on the checklist, not the first one. If I'm starting to plan a new project and I start with money, I know it's not the right one. Plot your wealthiest financial moments against those moments when you have felt the most wealthy and alive in life, and I guarantee it's not a one-for-one -one ratio. The more money you had, the happier you were. I guarantee that the more you felt truly and totally like yourself, the happier you were, regardless of how much money you had in the bank. Feeling deeply and truly soul wealthy comes from being loved and seen all the way down. You don't let yourself be all the way seen, you can't be loved all the way down. Whether we're talking about personally, in your work, or in financial matters, in your business, being seen is the piece nobody talks about when they get caught up in retirement planning and Roth IRAs and systems and financial stuff and taxes and accounting and finding your niche. When you're holding mask after mask in front of yourself, the good bits and vibrant bits and alive bits people share with you can't reach you. And then you feel deeply poor, sad, and empty despite how many dollars are in your bank account. Your feelings of wealth have less to do with money than with the way you've chosen to let yourself be seen or not seen over and over and over through the years. Money will never, ever, ever fill you up like love or meaning or the deep holy places you reserve for the magic and mystery and wonder that is your life. So go on, out yourself as weird, let out your meows, turn some people off so you can turn others on, and please being, stop being so damn afraid to be yourself because really the scary thing is trying to pass yourself off as one of everybody else. Please don't pretend to be a muggle anymore. And now, your homework assignments. This has gone over 20 minutes and you're going to have to deal with it. In terms of magic, I need an answer to that question. What do you need to quit, leave, stop, finish, or end? Answer honestly and you're good to go. In terms of mogul, which is, as we know, when we take the time to show people our work, I want you to take a look at the last three promotions you've created from your business and rate them on a weird scale of 1 to 10. 1, you're not at all letting out your meows. There are no meows. And at 10, we are at all the meows, okay? So one is like, 
there are two spots available, book here. And 10 is like, we're playing David Bowie portrait sessions and you are seeing me as Ziggy Tarr's Stardust in the promotional offer. And I will provide electric guitar while I take your headshots, right? <laughs> so your job is to create one promotional item, JPEG preferably, so you can share it with a group that is at least a five on the meow scale. A good promo is only going to need an offer, a time frame, and a reason. It's not going to be shared with the world. It's a warm-up exercise, but I want you to share it in the name of trying on your more meows. So if you would normally be like, there are portrait sessions coming up. Um, there are three available on this day at this time. Book now. Try adding meows. Try thinking of something that's quirky or weird or different or just bizarre. Try alluding to your own preferences. Try calling out the weird bits of you and tr or just try calling out the vulnerable bits of you that are like, I know you think you're 12 pounds overweight and you're totally going to start that diet next week, but now is the time to book your portraits. See what I'm saying? Play with it. Make me a JPEG and share it in the group. And again, this is not going to be now share it with the world um, because I want you to play, I want you to tweak, and I want you to do it in a safe space. And that's your mogul homework. In muggle homework, I want you to carry out the logistics of quitting at least one of the things you know you need to quit. That might mean canceling a service, deleting a website page or a product, tightening up your website copy, or choosing an end date for something and adding it to the calendar. Do it and then let the group know when you did. So it doesn't have to be that you say, oh my God, I did it and here's exactly what I did because it could be terribly personal. I just need to know that you've done that part because there are logistics involved. It's not as simple as like, and that's over now. There are very real muggle logistics that have to happen. So I want you to work on those. Again, magic, answer the question. What do you need to quit, leave, stop, finish, or end? Mogul, create a promo that is at least a five on the no meows to all the meows scale. And muggle, carry out the logistics of quitting that thing that you decided needs to go. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, issues, you know where to find me. And if it's totally personal, braincamponline at gmail.com and I will help you out. The train is going by. Boo boo! It's the Hogwarts Express, bitches. I will talk to you later. Bye. For listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks let's not do that let's try something different this is a really simple format one gathering a month on the first tuesday of the month until the 2024 election so we're practicing the skills that we will need 
in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.